Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the ACC Now podcast at the News and Observer. I'm Steve Wiseman, the uh, Duke beat writer for the uh, NNO and the Herald Sun in Durham. And I'm very pleased today to be joined by a Duke legend, uh, Gene Banks is with us. He's our guest for this week. Gene, how are you doing these days? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, matter of fact, as we are speaking now, I'm dealing with trying to pass two kidney stones. Oh. <laughs> But I'm 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 on my meds, so I'm good. It's not. It's, I'm okay. So well, I got a couple of days to try to pass this thing, and it'll be all right. Well, man, th- th- <laughs> I wouldn't wish it on anybody. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, and I'm glad you're I'm glad you're able, and I'm glad you're uh, you're doing okay, and I hope you get through that as well as possible. So yeah, anyway. it's the first time for me. It's for, I've seen, I've seen people that had them. Yeah, and I've been supportive of them. Now here it is. I'm dealing with it, but just, I've I've had. I haven't had any discomfort too much. I mean, I'm okay. I'm on these meds, so that's helped me. Good. These are the um, these are the gifts of a long life. As we about, you know, I'm in my <laughs> mid fifties now. I understand uh, these things come up. So again, thank you for taking the time with us today. Of course, Gene Banks, uh, you know, was was an All American at Duke. He he led the uh, uh, led the team in scoring his. Uh, his uh, his last couple of years on uh, with the team, uh, the first year of Coach K was was Gene's senior year, as yes. we know about that. And then he played uh, professionally, uh, coached in professional ranks. He is now uh, uh, athletic director at Gaston College. Well, I'm, I'm the special. I was the athletic director. I got booted up, boosted it up to a special advisor to the president. Okay, thank you for that correction. All right, so Move very out. good. Even moving up in, in the world, that's what we like to hear. So congratulations on that. Um, but he's uh, obviously uh, 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 knows a lot about college sports right now and and what's going on with Duke. And you know we I, you know we have to start out by talking about uh, the the transition that's going on in Duke basketball right now with Coach K stepping down, uh, you know, it, it retiring as he planned to do after his last season. Uh, Gene was uh, was there, uh, you know, the, the last night in Cameron. Uh, we all know what happened with that night when Carolina pulled the upset uh, they had to have. And uh, he, but he was part of the group of uh, uh, nearly 100 players back on the court that night. And uh, now we're transitioning into John Shire being the head coach. Just uh, Gene, just what did you think about, um, you know, what this year's team was able to accomplish getting to the final four in Coach K's last year? And and uh, and what kind of momentum is, is going on now with, with John Shire taking over? I think one of the things that you ever talk about is how the team started out. You know, you look at the team having so many. McDonald's All-Americans and putting all this together. And, and there was a big, big fanfare of expectations. Uh, you saw some bumps and bruises, but it's, it's amazing how they finished up to get where they were. Um, very, very proud of that. Um, this whole fanfare of Coach K's last year was pretty interesting because it puts a lot of pressure on on, on everybody, um, especially those kids. And they're, they're, they're kids because they don't really understand the whole thing, even a rivalry. I don't think they really understood. It was, it was all commercialized to them. Until you've been there two or three years, you really don't catch the rivalry, what it's really like, uh, except for, you know, the everyday going to the grocery store and a barbershop and all that. But <laughs> yeah. um, I'm very, very proud of them. And I got to give kudos to Carolina. I mean, Carolina really did a good job of, of they got their butts torched a couple of times this year. And to finish up like they did, they did a fantastic job. I've always been a Roy Williams fan. Uh, Hubert is another story, but uh, nothing against <laughs> Hubert. But yeah, I wish him all the best, and he's done. He's been doing very, very well. Yeah, and he showed that uh, you know, hey, transitioning from one legend, you know, to to a, a younger coach, and yes. then the first time he's ever been a head coach, right? And look what he did. He took his team to the national championship game. 
uh, uh, down down the street there at Carolina. So um, I guess that gives uh, you know it shows it can be done. And what what John Shire is trying to do is it's the same thing, right? He wants to to keep Duke at the same level it's been over time as we transition away from from you know a Hall of Fame coach like Coach K. Uh, and he's off to a great, terrific start in recruiting for sure. He's got the number one class coming in. Uh, they're going to be, you know, Duke's going to be a preseason top 10 like they always are. So uh, those two boxes are checked off very well. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on John and, and, and what he's done so far and what the chances are of him, you know, being successful in this new role? Right off the bat, I have a great love for John Shire. He's like a brother to me. We've had our engagements have been always pleasant and wonderful. Uh, he's always had given me the most up respect and so forth. So, uh, when you look at a situation like that, you always want to be able to have a coach that's come through the program, you know, from high school, you know, they, I guess they recruit him since ninth grade. And then he comes there and he plays for years. He wins a championship and he's under the program for uh, so many years. He's done. So that's an amazing thing that colleges do. That's what you want to do is bring somebody up through the family and, and through that. So he knows the ins and outs. Here's what I have. I think it's a good hire in what it has but on one hand. Uh, you can't, he's a great guy. He's a good person. You should know all the ins and outs. But on the flip side too, and I'll be very, very clear, no disrespect to anybody else. This would have been Coach K's greatest stamp of putting on uh, dealing with uh, diversity and equality and all that stuff because you know, he's, he had two two guys pretty much that were not just qualified, but overly qualified as in Johnny Dawkins and then also as in Tommy Amaker. Mm-hmm. Amaker went on to be at Harvard uh, so he knows the academia field and flow of how to handle that. He's been in competition play. And I think he has a love for Tommy. And I think that in his first heart that he probably wanted Tommy to take over the program. I think something along the line through the last two or three years went somewhere and then he tried to make some decisions. You got to remember too also, uh, and I don't want to get too critical because I could be on that. As you get older, you become cynical and you can become more truthful in something. Right. <laughs> Duke, Duke basketball just hired a black female head coach. Uh, the new athletic director is 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 partially black as well. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think you can have some conversations in the back room that, you know, you got a major program like that. Can you have all three black, black people running a program? That's something, you know, I don't want to cause of conspiracy theories, but that's something that can be thought about. But on the same token, uh, for me to look at that was that, you know, everybody wanted Tommy Amaker. There's no doubt about it. He's a likable guy. He's proven himself. I think they had a, a bond. Someone online, I think Ian O'Connor in his new book, made some comment about uh, there was some type of conversation or, or whatever. Right. That I don't know. I'm not privy to knowing that. But I do know that this would have been the one time him going out that he could have really put a stamp on his, his legacy. His legacy is already locked in and cemented. But as far as the total picture of it, as far as the first year and so, that would have been a major, major stamp before he passes this earth. But it's, it's tough to go against it because John Shire is a good person. He's 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 going to be a good coach. Uh, you couldn't. You got the look. You got the whole spiel. Yeah. So it's I'm fifty fifty. You know that I don't make those decisions, but. Uh, and I would like to say, not because I'm African-American, that it would have been great to see Tommy Alker back, but I'm also glad that, uh, you know, I have great respect for John Shire. I think he's going to do well. So it's 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 a it's a whimsical thing. You know, I'm 50-50 on it, but I'm going to give him all the support in the world. Sure, absolutely. I totally understand what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those things also where, 
like timing is everything too. Like, you know, I think if, if coach K would have made this decision five years ago when he was 70 instead of 75, mm-hmm. I think Jeff Capel was in line to move up and be right there. And, um, and it would have fulfilled what you're, what you're talking about just now. And that would have been, um, uh, but again, that that's not what happened. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, Capel proved himself when K went out and, and coached a couple of games. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say about Capel. You know, you got to look at Oklahoma when he was there and now this thing at Pittsburgh. But like I said, five years ago, it wouldn't have been. But, right. Uh, and, and, and Capel, uh, you know, I, I can't go against that they would have got Capel. But, you know, it's 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 a good hire in a lot of ways. But it's just the bad, the bad part about the hiring is the race relation portion of it. You know, the, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. that's the only thing that makes it. Uh, a certain questionable. That's right. the only thing. But you know, it, 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 I'm not knocking. I, I have a great love for Coach K in the program. I have a great love for Shire. I have a great love for Tommy Amick. So uh, I don't make those decisions. And uh, but this is my take on it, and I'm, I'm 50-50 about it. Yeah, sure, I understand. And um, you know, w- w- what have you thought about the the staff that that John's put together? Uh, you know, hiring Jay Lucas from from K- Kentucky. Uh, who uh, John Lucas's son, uh, who didn't have a background with Duke basketball. This hasn't happened in gosh, 20, 25 years, right. Since we've had somebody come in with, with no Duke background and he has a Durham background because of his family, uh, even though he was born in Houston, but, uh, but it is a different hire, but uh, just your, your, your thoughts on the staff and, and, and their, their makeup. He's putting together you know, the people that he feels he can trust. I think that's what it is when you really look at it. And then the John, the Lucas hire, uh, whom John Lucas, I played with his father in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So we have a great relationship. We have a good relationship there. I think that was an added addition to his staff, um, especially coming from Kentucky, a good program that helps out, that gives credit, credit, uh, him being his, his, his being who he is from the father of John Lucas. Uh, his pedigree is, is good. So the credentials are there and he's a good coach. You know, um, that's a first doing that. Uh, it, it, it helps cover the Nolan Smith leaving yeah. um, situation. And uh, it's a great deal with Nolan leaving there, going to Louisville, where his father played. Uh, he's an associate head coach, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I think, you know, it'd been great if Nolan was still there because he knows he's pretty much uh, has, a, has a link and a connection with all those players. They really have a great respect for him. I saw that. Yeah. And I, I don't think that, I don't think that departure was as as uh, peachy king as people think it was, yeah. But I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll leave it at that to the point where you know Nolan's moved on, Duke's going to move on, everybody's going to move on, and hopefully things work out for the best. But with John's son, uh, Jai coming in, you know we have to see. I mean, he's putting like you say, Shire's going to put around people that he feels he trusts. Uh, I'm sure he's got uh, a lot of conversation about. John, I'm sure John Lucas has told him about him. So mm-hmm. that's what it's going to be about. It's all about who, who he feels he trusts to be around him. Yeah. And uh, boy, with, uh, with, with what's going on in college basketball now, with all the changes in, in the sport and recruiting and uh, uh, not, not just college basketball, college athletics as a whole, we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, NIL is, is li- alive and well and is not going away. And, it, and it's, you know, the NCAA this week uh, decided to, you know, they're trying to crack down on pay for play that they always said this wasn't going to be about pay for play. I think the horse is out of the barn on that. <laughs> I think yeah, it's okay. be hard to unravel that. I think 
but uh, and then you know the Alston payments, the uh, you know the, the Alston case, the education-based payments that can now be allowed up to uh, almost six thousand dollars a year for each each athlete. Um, some schools are, have already implemented them; others have plans to. Duke is still working on their plan, um, I think. So anyway, as somebody yourself is in uh, college athletics administration. Uh, you know, and also, you know, was an esteemed uh, athlete at Duke. Um, just what are your thoughts on, on, on where we're going here, where, where the world is now, and and, uh, and and what's the state of play here in college sports? Well, one of the things the NCAA did, this, this pay for play and all that, it's, long over, it's been long overdue. Uh, the NCAA and the universities have made a lot of money off of these players. You got to remember before I came in, uh, there was a rule that they gave guys $15 for laundry. Yeah. Uh, and for for what reason why they do that, and they were allowed to do it, but they did it. And then all of a sudden they did away with it. And that's interesting. So for one aspect, you did it before, and it was really chump change, but now you're coming back to the same, the same conversation and the same situation. And now they have to go to court, and they fight it, and, and they win. So it's, that's been long overdue to be able to do that uh, because there's so much money in college basketball and so many avenues and it helps the players out. Mostly football and basketball are the main ones that are bringing in a lot of money, uh, and, and, and they've done a good job. So the NCAA's been having some issues and some battles with people. Some people want to really do away with it. Yes. Um, and, and it's, and it's, it's, it's crippling to that point. Um, I just hope that they, they get it right. And, it's, you know, you got too many people that went to MIT and Harvard and Duke as well. They can come up with a plan. But they apparently they just don't want to they 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 want to skirt around it and so forth and now they want to fight it. But you've made billions of dollars off these young athletes and there should be some kind of way that you give the money back and you also give it back to all of them. And they're trying to do that. You know they're trying to do that and battle with it, but they're still trying to hold on to the old guard. Yeah, you talked about earlier about fifty fifty, right? That's kind of where they are. They're trying to have one foot in both worlds. They're mm-hmm. they're um. Uh, they, they don't want to be the ones paying the guys. I mean, they fought, you know, the Austin case we talk about with the athletic uh, uh, a- academic related benefits, the Supreme court had to rule on that and say that you have to pay him. You can't put a cap on this. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Yeah. So, so now they're going to get it. And that's great. Uh, NIL is something that's supposed to be separate from the schools. That's supposed to be third right. parties, you know, paying for endorsements and things like that. Uh, but all along here, it's, it's still the schools refusing to, pay the kids, right? It's, you get a scholarship, of course, you get full cost of attendance now, which is more than the $15 laundry money. That's for sure. Right. They've taken steps here, but they're still trying to hold on to that old world. And uh, I think we're maybe beyond that. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's crumbled down. I mean, it's like the great, it's like the Berlin wall. Yeah. Uh, they've been chipping away at it now and it's coming down and they're just still trying to hold on to the foundation of it. And, uh, it, it's it's just a lot of wasted energy. They just need to sit down and, and coordinate uh, an agreement of how to divvy up the monies and how to do it. Because you got players that are uh, that are not basketball, and football. You got tennis. You got baseball. You got you got lacrosse. You got all these. Now, how do you pay those players? You know, mm-hmm. how do they get that? But you're going to allow them to have the rights to their own likeness, where a lacrosse player becomes a star, and now he can get some endorsements locally or nationally. So. Uh, they they got to go ahead. Everything is pretty much in a capitalistic concept of this all. They should just need to go ahead and stop wasting energy because it's just wasting a lot of time where it's going to come out that it's something that's going to be ruled that they should be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. And think back, uh, you know, 
40 some years ago now to when you were playing right uh, and uh, <laughs> not to debt debt you but i mean the oh world was different God. we didn't have social media and all that but you know if we had like you know you, some of us we're glad we didn't have social media <laughs> that's right but oh you would have been very marketable right you would have been able to to have some endorsement deals i'm thinking uh, for sure in your time back then yeah, I mean, even then we navigated through that, going to speaking engagements and so forth during the summertime, and and they were giving us a hard time about that. You know, you make maybe five hundred dollars, maybe you're lucky to get a thousand dollars, but they, you had to be, you had to tiptoe through doing those things, uh, or it's a borderline a violation. Um, just to think, I mean, with Gene Banks, when I was playing in the Tinkerbell legend and all that stuff, it had been it had been insane. But uh, yeah, you know. I, I, I look at it as different eras. I mean, I, I look at when I played in the pros and I'm not getting off base, but Havlicek and those guys, some of those guys played back in the day, uh, were working, playing basketball and working another job. So, you know, different eras yeah. uh, have certain situations. So uh, the guys have paved the way for us. Uh, we have to be appreciative of them and, and accept whatever it is, what it is now. You know, Right, right. And, and that leads us to our next subject here. I mean, really – you mentioned paving the way you helped pave the way for a lot of what's happened with Duke basketball since you left by, you know, being uh, the first African-American uh, uh, all-American at Duke uh, player. Mm-hmm. and uh, 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 with your great career. And, and then uh, you, you, again, you were recruited by Bill Foster played in the final four. You know, almost won the national championship uh, mentioned Kentucky again, right? We talked about Kentucky earlier, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, in the 78 finals, and then, uh, uh, so you, you've had a tremendous career. One thing is, uh, your jersey's not in the rafters. And I know there's a lot of people <laughs> that would like to see it up there. Duke hasn't retired a jersey in 15 years. And part of that is because you have to graduate, right? So, so many <laughs> one and done, that's not going to happen probably. But uh, anyway, uh, that's I'll, I'll, that, give you, I'll give you the whole breakdown on that. Okay. I, I, here's the thing. Uh, the, the, the first the first guy that was there is Osborne. See, uh, he was the first black to go to Duke. Uh, I've been trying to reach, get in contact with him. If I said in his name is right, there's been a one, two, three, four, five before I got there. I was the six black player. There was mm-hmm. a George Moses. There was a Kenny Young. Uh, there was another kid that they were saying he was the first scholarship. You have to do that history. Mm-hmm. But uh, Os, uh, I forget. The first name, which is I've been studying on the whole time, but I was the sixth. But I'm considered the first elite uh, and first All American black that went there. Right. I knew nothing about Duke University. I was a, uh, as you well know, uh, Palestra Big Five guy. Uh, didn't know anything about the South. It was all divine intervention. It really was. Um, me going to Duke. My English teacher was a guy that really pushed to just go visit uh, the Seattle school. Was the architecture, blah blah blah. Uh, Duke was in last place for like four or five years in the mm-hmm. league. Uh, I knew nothing about them. And make, to go fast forward, I, I was visiting all these schools. UCLA could have had me. Penn had me in their hands. Except for they, they, they I really didn't allow you to play freshman, varsity basketball as a freshman. So that eliminated them. When I made my prayer, I sat down. My mom said, pray about it. I prayed about it. Went to sleep. Woke up. I, I, I dreamt I had a Duke uniform on. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so I got up the next one. I said, I'm going to go. This is where I want to go. She didn't even ask me Went to the press conference. I told people I'm going to do everybody thought I was, I lost my scruples on my mind, <laughs> you know, 
you know, back in those days, you know, you didn't have the cell phone. Guys that were reporters would jump up and go run, find a phone. Right. You know, for the screw. Uh, and people didn't, they never understood. And I just said that I want to go to Duke and uh, my goal and my dream is to make them a national power. Uh, I know I wasn't Patrick Ewing coming out of high school or Ralph Sampson where I was this big uh, aircraft carrier, but I knew what the coach Joe Goldberg and West Philadelphia high school, we had a, we had an amazing team. You know, we were, we lost two games in my three years there. there. Uh, we played, we started games at the spectrum. We opened up games at the spectrum. Wow. We sold out everywhere. Uh, we were the number one team in the country. So I knew I, I would bring that winning concept with them, with my skills. And I really believed in that. And I said that I was going to help them become a national power. Lo and behold, freshman year comes. Everything I dreamt about happened. And I'm not, I'm not making this up. That's why I tell kids now about dreams. And I listen to the creator said, and I did it. Um, go fast forward. We won some championships. Uh, Coach K comes in. We have this great year, blah, 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 blah. Now the retirement comes. And they retire Mike Jaminski's number, his last game. Bill Foster was there. And the whole thing was going on as when we were in the locker room. All the guys were saying, we cannot wait until next year. And all the fans and all the Iron Dukes said, until next year, until we retire your number. Uh, Bill leaves. Uh, Tom Butters is, is, is in charge of, of such and such. And <clears throat> Tom Butters and Bill didn't get along well at all. And Tom Butters and I weren't the best of friends either. Not that I had to. I mean, he's authoritarian. We really didn't talk much. I met him maybe once uh, when I was being recruited. Uh, I met him another time where he thought out somebody was trying to give me a car. And then, then I met him one other time. Other than that, to my whole career, we didn't have a good relationship. But this is where it happens. When Bobby Hurley got his number retired, I was with San Antonio, I think I was. And I never concerned a word about it. Um, but I got a little upset. Not at Bobby Hurley. Not at Bobby Hurley. But so many people were saying, well, why did your number get retired? And I was like, I, I got a little pissed, but I would not give anybody a sound by how I felt about it. And it really not was a major thing. But the thing that I said to myself, I, I finished second in scoring. And when, when I came out, I was second in scoring of, of the whole history. I was in the top 10 of every, every category, yeah. won two championships, uh, ACC Rookie of the Year, led the ACC in scoring, in, two-time NCAA All-American. Uh, you know, and then on top of that, besides all the other awards, I was a commencement speaker of my class. So I think when I heard they put the criteria in, I talked to Joe Lee, who was athletic director one time. They put this criteria in because so many people were calling, wondering why my number was not retired. And when they, they put this criteria in that you had to graduate, which I did, you had to be a national player of the year and, and all this other stuff. And you had to win these many championships. And I just shook my head and I said, that was all Tom Butters. That was Tom Butters or Joe Oliva. That was the, why they put that. They, I think they put that criteria in there so that they had to, did not have uh, the reason to answer why my jersey wasn't up there. Um, Tom Butters gave us hell the second when K came in. He, you know, he thought we were. Me and Kenny and all of us were getting away with so much murder. So we were on, we were on boot camp and they brought in the best boot camp sergeant there was, which was Coach K. Yeah. But he was great. He was awesome. He, he transitioned us very, very well. And not that he brought him in for that, but I was not a big, big fan of, of Butters uh, because I was one of Bill's favorites. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing. 
I know one thing one on Duke says, he said he couldn't believe, he said, I always thought your number was retired. He said, the thing that I find, all the things you did and the things you did, he said, he said this, he says, uh, all that, the retirement and the, the Duke, the, the, the Carolina game, the graduates. He said, if you were a white player, they would have retired your number at the same time that Mike Jemiski's was. And I was like, hmm, that was interesting. Yeah. Now, I don't want to get into all that. I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a race type of guy that's not throwing that out there. The race car, I don't believe in that. But he said that he he, he gave a lot. He said he stopped giving money to do. He said because I, I can't believe that your number is not enough there. And I get hundreds and thousands of of letters and, and, and comments about it should have been up there. I was the pioneer. Uh, one of the things was that uh, I wanted to also let the African American boys know that you can go to Duke and you can achieve and you can do well. Uh, and that was one of my prime examples. So if nothing else, I wanted to be that pioneer and I knew I had to do well. You know, it wasn't just going there and playing halfway, but I had to do well. And uh, I thought I achieved that, but not just achieving as a pioneer, but also I had the numbers. Right. <laughs> right. numbers so, and the championships and everything else. You led the ACC in scoring in, in your senior year when yeah. Ralph Sampson was in the league that year. James, James Worthy, Worthy was in the league, right? Albert King, Larry Vance. <laughs> man, I mean, it was it was brutal, man. <laughs> and and, 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 and I, I attribute that to Coach K. Coach K changed the offense and fixed it to a certain degree for me. And uh, he made it a little bit more. Even though we didn't have any recruits come in, it was more difficult. But uh, I, I, not just myself, but uh, I, I give Coach K a lot of credit for making that happen. Yeah, and and and. Uh, uh, you know, you were, you were an all American and you look at the criteria and stuff. You say, I have to have a two national, time. Two yeah, time two time, okay. So national profile that, that, that checks that box. I mean, if you look at the criteria and, and of course the graduation thing is, is everything too. I mean, you get yeah. you have one without the other. And so, um, it sure seems like, uh, like it's because it's been 15, well, it's been since 2007. So it's yeah. there 15 years since we've had a retired Jersey at Duke. So. You gotta remember too. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta also remember at one time Art Heyman and Jeff Mullins number one retired for many many years, and they were great players in 1962, 63, and in those years, and their number should have been retired. Uh, Tate Armstrong, I thought, which should have mm. been a high consideration because he played for the Olympic team. Yeah. Um, uh, Jim Spinarco does not get involved coming back to Duke because he felt his number should be retired. So you, you wonder why Jim is not back there. I'm just giving you some insight. Some yeah. Insight data. Uh, he's very, very displeased about it. And, and do I think it should be? Rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a catalyst uh, to uh, – we brought Duke back to prominence. Uh, and But on the bottom line of it is me coming there – and like I said, when you get old, you get cynical and you start bragging on yourself and so forth. <laughs> Normally, I, I'm an humble guy, but, you know, I don't come to Duke. You know, we don't win championships and we don't get black players there at that time. I, I, I think the, it's been well-founded, uh, that, that opinion, because, again, that's talked about the, the transition to Coach K and all that's happened since then. Uh, you know, you played a role in that because he, he recruits Johnny Dawkins and Tommy Amaker and, and on and on and down the road there. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, if you had not been there, you wonder how they would have looked at Duke, uh, and if they would have looked at it the same way. And so, uh, it's clearly an argument can be made there. And you talk about putting Duke on the national, uh, pl uh platform again. Uh, you know, I grew up, yeah, in, I, was I, was I was a, I was a young guy in Illinois in 1978. Okay. <laughs> when the final four came to St. Louis, I didn't know who Duke was. 
you know, I yep. mean, I, I knew Drake was up in Des Moines, but not Duke. Okay. So, um, and, and then you guys played in the final four uh, there yep. and, and almost won the championship. And I remember, okay. Yep. And just my example is a little, I was a 10 year old boy or 11 year old boy in, uh, in Illinois at the time. Uh, you put them on the national, on the national stage. Yeah. I mean, with the, with the sports illustrated magazines and being on television and so forth and Bill Foss allowed me to have that kind of flow to do that. It was something that Tom Butters didn't really like too much, but everybody was feeling, feeling themselves and having a good time. And, and I was already trained through that being with West Philadelphia high school going all over the place. So uh, giving national exposure was the major key of all of that. And uh, like you say, it, it, it exposed the Duke throughout the, throughout the globe. Right. Absolutely. Well, our guest is uh, uh, Gene Banks here on the, on the ACC now podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman from the NNO. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have Gene with us here and, uh, uh, Gene, uh, you know, uh, we wish you well with your, uh, with your health <laughs> for sure. Uh, get through the I'm good right now. I'm, I'm on meds right now. So I'm, I'm at home in my, my home office is, is all decorated with all it is. stuff. And, uh, it, as you see that there's a Jersey in the background that, that's, yes. that gave us as a compliment from our, our, most of all the players, the great all American players got one of those, but it's not up in, in Cameron. And, uh, it's really, it's, the only reason why I would love for it to be up in, in camera in my jersey being up there because of the blood, sweat, and tears and because of the changing of the uh, uh, getting black players to be more interested in coming to Duke, but more so with my teammates and my kids. I would love them to be proud to know that their father, they read, they're, they're very upset. They're like, how could your number not be retired, Dad? You know, my, yeah. my daughter and the son, it's in analytics and they, they broke this whole thing down with everything. And <laughs> they said, this is, this is ridiculous, you know? And they said, coach, coach should be able to do something about that. And I, I said, listen, I'm not gonna give any sound bites out, but as I get older, I don't, I get more cynical and I'll say, yeah, it, it, it should be up there, but I would rather, I want it up there more so for the, for the players that I played with and my, and my, and my kids so that they would uh, it, it admire that and, and like that. Well, that would be a wonderful thing. And that's, that's, uh, uh, we'll we'll see what happens here as as, as time goes forward um, uh, with new leadership and new 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 things going on with Duke basketball and uh, 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 it would be a great thing for sure to have you have to every time I sit in Cameron and in my seat press row to look up and see a New Jersey number twenty up there that would be a fun thing so um, it would, it would be amazing for the top <laughs> of my the top of my Duke career yeah absolutely well Gene listen again thank you so much for joining us this week on the ACC Now podcast it's been a pleasure talking with you reminiscent about your time at duke and everything and uh thank you uh, yeah take care of yourself uh, again that's this week's uh acc now podcast i'm steve wiseman from the news and observer thanks for joining us